Because if you focus for a year, instead of just like faffing around and doing whatever, you can actually have a business that's worth a ton of money. Everyone's following this like half a million small bets thing. And all you have to do is just focus on one thing and you'll blow them out of the water. The people that focus on one thing end up on beaches. The people that don't end up on Twitter. Hello and welcome back to Indie Bites, the podcast where I bring you stories of fellow indie hackers in 15 minutes or less. Today I'm joined by Chris France, who is the co-founder of Loops, a YC-backed email tool for startups. Chris is one of those people that just knows how to run a SaaS business, having founded and installed Snazzy AI, which was acquired by Unbounce last year. But you might be thinking, Chris is no indie hacker, he's been doing that dirty raising money thing. Why is he on an indie pod? Well, first of all, Chris is a seasoned bootstrapper, having built and sold many projects in the past. But most of all, Chris has been living rent-free in my brain after a conversation we had a few weeks ago about my multiple projects. A lot of you are going to have multiple projects too and wondering why you're not getting anywhere with them. Chris is going to explain why in this episode. Now, if you want to have some friendly encouragement and accountability for working on your single focus or multiple projects, then you should join me at Ramen Club, the best community to help you get to Ramen profitability. Ramen Club is the world's most supportive community for bootstrap founders to reach RAM and profitable and beyond. We have four remote co-working sessions every week, masterminds, accountability calls, live AMAs, a fractional CFO, in-house VA, discounts, and so much more. I've been saying we throughout this ad slot because I've been a member of the community for years and even host a few of the co-working sessions myself. So if you want to join me and my bootstrapper friends, head to ramenclub.so and use code IndieBytes to let Charlie know I sent you. Let's get into this episode. Chris, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Yeah, doing well. Thanks. Now, Chris, before we get into this raging debate about multiple projects versus single focus, you yourself are a serial maker. Can you talk me through some of the things you've done in the past? Sure. If you head over to my product hunt page, you'll see probably 20 products that I've made, <laughs> which puts me up in the, the higher echelons of people flailing around on product hunt. There, there are some projects in there that I probably shouldn't have killed as early as I did. Like I, have, I owned airdrop.co, which was going to be like a an mm-hmm. NFT airdrop thing in 2017. There's another one, Sick Day Box, I did with my wife, product of the day on Product Hunt. It was a box that you get shipped to your house with everything you need for a sick <laughs> day, right? People bought it for their coworkers, offices bought it in five packs, 10 packs. And it was great, but I just kind of got tired of shipping boxes. Uh, we were getting like 10, 20 orders a day of this box. I just kind of got bored um, and shut it down. How many of these projects were bootstrapped or were they all bootstrapped? All bootstrapped. This is my first non-bootstrap thing. Okay, so Loops is your current focus, non-bootstrapped. Why don't we talk about your previous focus, which was Snazzy, bootstrapped and sold it last year to Unbounce. So I, I had a vision long-term actually for, for Snazzy, and this is where I decided to focus because I knew it was going to take a lot to get there. I wanted to create AI Canva, basically. So you punch in a little bit of information about your brand and we generate video assets, images, and text to get there. But at the at the basis of all that was text generation. So I had to figure that out. And then GPT-3 dropped and we got really early access. So then we started building. Uh, we put a link up on Gumroad and I emailed to 100 people on the waiting list or whatever and said mm-hmm. 200 bucks a month and they could have access by the end of the month. They would need to prepay and they did. And we hit, um, it was recurring. Uh, we hit 1K revenue before we even managed to launch the company. So we were also riding like the GPT-3 wave, right? As it was announced, everyone was posting on Twitter and it was like going a little viral. So we were able to gain users pretty quickly as a result of that. We decided to focus on freemium. So by the end of it, we had tens of thousands of free users signing up every single month. Mm. But our conversion rate was very low. So, you know, that's where I, I really learned about talking to users and slowly getting the conversion rate up to where it needed to be. Out of nowhere, 10, 11 months in, the head of strategy at Unbounce uh, reached out to me and uh, we eventually came to an acquisition price. And my co-founder, Adam, and I joined Unbounce and worked there for six months, integrating Snazzy into Unbounce. Now it lives there as smart copy. But yeah, that's 
it, it was entirely bootstrapped and that's the my little mini indie story okay that is awesome and you actually did a really good article on your blog about how you sold to unbounce which i'll leave a link in the show notes tell me about what you're working on now tell me what's the deal with loops and why you decide to raise for it yeah, so Loops, simple email sending for startups. Uh, we wanted to build a fast, beautiful tool, and we're competing against 20, 25-year-old companies, MailChimp. You know, we're actively taking users off of MailChimp every single day, but they were just sold for $12 billion to Intuit, a publicly traded company in the U.S. We have five, maybe six publicly traded competitors. As a result of this aged market, users have very specific, in-depth feature requests that they bring to the table. So every user probably has like 20 or 30 things that they want to see in the email tool. So we needed the financial backing to be able to employ engineers and to actually create this thing and spend a decade on it. So why did you want to tackle email? Because we've all used email tools, right? And it just seems like every other email tool you try is just packed full of features that are just entirely unnecessary and make the product feel bloated or you don't know where to click. You just want to be able to send simple either transactional emails or marketing emails and yeah. do it without all of this mess in the way is that kind of why you started loops that's a big part of it i don't know if you guys do you know the slap and chop slap and chop no yeah it's okay so it's this crappy kitchen gadget you put your onion in it right and then you bang your hand on it like a hundred times out comes some like roughly chopped onion and it's awful right if you start with like poorly chopped onion like you're gonna have a terrible tasty meal because some of the onion in your pan is gonna be burned some of it's gonna be like a little raw and crunchy and acidic and it's gonna ruin your whole meal just because you have this really crappy tool that like does a bunch of things and you have to hit it a bunch of times to get it to chop something. So that's MailChimp. Maybe HubSpot is like the 18 in one air fryer that also like serves as like a kebab <laughs> cooker. And what we're creating is precision, hand forged, beautiful chef knife that was specially crafted just for you and your exact purpose. And it lets you create perfectly chopped, you know, onions that <laughs> go into your meal. And if you start with a fantastic foundation, then you end up with a fantastic meal. I love the analogy. Um, well, now you've got your sole focus, Chris, and that's really yes. effective for you, right? You're making a lot of progress with it because you wake up and you have, or well, you're working towards this one goal. Unlike me, who wakes up and doesn't quite know what he's doing. I'm like, oh, if I, I've got to do this edit today. Oh, I've, I've also got to record a podcast. I've got to write my blog post. Oh my goodness, I've got to ship some leather wallets. God, that's just a bit confusing, isn't it? So the, the idea behind it, though, Chris, I want to build a portfolio of small bets like Daniel Vasallo has been popularizing. D do you think it's a good idea for me to carry on like this? Transparently, I don't. <laughs> Most of the successful people that I've met, when they have their portfolio of small bets, they're doing it with one really large bet that they're leaning on and the other bets aren't successful or they're very small in combination. Or they've been doing all of them long enough that it's no longer a portfolio of small bets. It's a portfolio of a couple medium-sized businesses and they have folks to help them run it. I think you would struggle to find anyone that actually fits the portfolio of small bets thing that is successful at a level of scale that you likely want to be at. I found when I was able to finally focus and spend some time on Snazzy, it became the best performing company that I've ever worked with. You know, we sold for quite a lot of money, a life-changing amount of money in about a year from ideation to exit. Would, would that be my sole focus? I would just say like, why not focus for a week? A month mm. and, and just see what happens. What I found is that when you have multiple projects, and I can speak from experience here, I probably have more projects than Daniel has. What you find is that you bounce from thing to thing where you want to spend your time. So I like creating beautiful landing pages, right? So I would just create beautiful landing pages and bounce from thing to thing. But would I set up an LLC in the United States so that I could actually uh, get some 
type of beneficial return on my taxes at the end of the year? No, I literally let thousands of dollars go down the drain every single year just because I didn't want to deal with the accounting portion of it. There was all kinds of things. I got like a legal letter from some company for a project and I just immediately shut down. I didn't want to deal with it. The project was doing fine just because I didn't want to hire a lawyer. I didn't want to do all of the things that needed to be done or even respond to the email. But by working on one thing, you have to do all the hard things. And when you do all the hard things, suddenly you have a business. And if you don't do the hard things, you kind of just have a side project or a hobby, unless you get incredibly, incredibly lucky. And there's so few people that do. What about if you have multiple side projects that are all generating a solid amount of revenue, like maybe one or 2K and you've got four of them? I would disagree and say one or 2K is not a solid amount of revenue. But if you combine it, if you have, well, let's say. Yeah, but it's not solid on its own though. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not. But that, but that, that's the point. It's not on its own. It's got, you've got three or four of these, which combine to between four and 8K a month. And that's probably enough for most people to, to get by. So most indie hackers might be looking towards getting there. It's so crazy um, to me. It's just, it's so, it's so wild that you would want to support four sets of paying users with distinctly different products, even if they are in the same space. And, and go through all of the upkeep and stuff around that. So, so let's let's see what's the what's the biggest argument against the against just focusing on one thing. The, the, there's risk. Is that it? Yeah, Vizano says risk. Some people might say uh, I want to do multiple things. Like I, I think I just get bored doing one. Okay, so Daniel is probably what the biggest proponent of this, and, and I would I would never speak ill of somebody else publicly. Um, but I will just say that if somebody has a six-figure CTO job at Gumroad and they sell info products as their other small bets, maybe put like a little asterisk on everything, right? If you want to be successful, focus on one thing. And if you think that you have figured out something that nobody else has, amazing, prove me wrong. But, but nobody really can. Like there's so few people that focus on just a, a couple small things and, and they're able to build it. I haven't met them. They're not on Twitter as far as I can tell. Like even what's his name? The Banner Bear guy. Like he was doing the small bets thing and then he chose Banner Bear and he built it up and it's doing fantastic. And he's hiring employees and he's living his life. That's what you do. You create a business that creates real income, real revenue, revenue that people really want. And then you just build it. And it stops becoming like having to build five different businesses with different logos and different issues. And you just choose one, focus on it and create something amazing. We we had this this debate on Twitter. And it, Chris, I'm actually on your side with this now. Um, you, you have converted me because when we had that chat about it, it was hugely compelling because I have all these projects. I've got Podpanda, productized editing service, right? That's like main income at the moment. That's freelance packaged up. Then I've got IndieBytes. This podcast takes a bunch of time to produce. Got No More Mondays, another project. Got Leather Wallets, another one. Got my course, another one. So all of these things. And I, I was just thinking, what if I woke up and just focused on Podpanda, just doing the editing, just getting clients for that and focusing on building out systems there. If I woke up and that's all I did, I didn't worry about editing a new podcast for the week. I didn't worry about doing No More yeah. Mondays. You'd have a business worth a million dollars by the end of the year, probably. Like that's, that's what I did. <laughs> and it worked out. And I've seen plenty of other people do it too. You have to take the thing that has the most amount of traction or you have the most amount of desire to work on. Yeah. Ideally, it's a combination of both. And then you just pour all of your energy into it. And it, it'll it'll work. Because if you have all this frenetic energy, then, then there's so much value that can be taken from that and applied to a single business. Mm -hmm. You have to do the hard things. You have to do the content. You have to do the sales. You have to do the customer success. You have to build the not sexy features that people want. So for me, in my position then, I've got these projects. Yeah. This podcast, Indie Bites. I don't want to stop it, Chris. I really don't. I, I enjoy doing it. And yeah. 
it does like a fair amount of revenue for me. No more Mondays. I also don't want to stop. Yeah, they don't. Those are great hobbies. But like, what's your business? What are, what's yeah. the thing that you're going to do? And at the end of the year, you're going to be like, oh, look at this. I don't have to work anymore because I can sell this because it's worth a million dollars. Because if you focus for a year, instead of just like faffing around and doing whatever, you can actually have a business that's worth a ton of money because everybody else is just fucking around, not doing anything. Everyone's following this like have a million small bets thing. And all you have to do is just focus on one thing and you'll blow them out of the water. I mean, if I'm able to take customers from MailChimp, HubSpot, and all of these other folks, after only a couple months of building this thing and focusing intently on it, imagine what you can do when you're not competing against six publicly traded companies. When did you become so passionate about this route? Like, what, what, was there like an inflection point, a trigger, which was like, right, it's finally clicked to me that this is what I've got to do to make my business work? Just because I continue to see successful people that do one thing, and I continue mm -hmm. to see indie hackers wasting their time, efforts, energy, and polluting the Twitterverse with their products that they create for 10 minutes and then you know, talk about how they get their first strike payment, then they get sad about their first strike cancellation, and then you don't hear from them for three months. And then they come back with a new product and they repeat the same cycle and everyone likes to say hashtag build in public. But in reality, everyone's just fapping about in public. You know, when I ask it out there, who, who's proving me wrong on this? Nobody ever actually has an answer. I could point to a hundred people right now, just in my small town that I live in, that are focusing on one thing. They have landscaping business, you know, and they're doing 70 figures a year in revenue. Just all of those things, they're focusing on one thing and they're all doing very well. Mm -hmm. So I have yet to meet somebody that is starting from scratch and building five different businesses or four different businesses and continues to build those up over time and is doing well. I just, is there somebody that's doing that? No, no, not, not, not to my mind. So then why are you doing it? <laughs> so my, my answer to you on Twitter for this question was sure. because I want to like explore what I'm curious about, what I'm interested cool. in doing. Yeah. That's totally fine. Those are fine. Those, those can be hobbies where you learn lessons. And that's great, but I would be very careful about I'll place my, my mortgage or my mm -hmm. rent mm -hmm. or my child's future on something like that. Again, I think it's, it's fun and you're just messing about and it's all good. But like, if you really want to do it, you can do it. Like you get to 8K a month in revenue and you can sell that thing for a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, why wouldn't you just focus on getting a business to 8K a month in revenue, having a million dollars? Like, is it just more fun to just post about six different projects on Twitter? Or would you prefer to just be on a beach somewhere? I don't know. The people that focus on one thing end up on beaches. The people that don't end up on Twitter. I end every episode on three recommendations. A book, a podcast, an indie hacker or entrepreneur you follow or are inspired by. So book, maybe I'll just say this so I can finally read it. It's Atomic Habits. I started reading it. haven't finished reading it. I, I need to figure out whatever the part of the book is that like creates the book reading habits so I can finish the book about reading <laughs> habits. Podcast, honestly, I, I've been listening to the Vergecast every Friday for like oh, years. Yeah, it's like a, someone else who's a Vergecast fan. Yeah, yeah. No one else I know listens to that. And then somebody that I'm inspired by on Twitter, uh, honestly, I think Sonia Bloom does uh, the best yeah. job because he manages to, so if, if, if Twitter is your brand and, then, and that's what you're selling, I think he is absolute best in terms of creating a brand that's what i got that's my three cool chris thank you so much for joining yeah thank you thank you for listening to this episode of indie bites i really enjoyed this chat with chris way more than i expected his arguments were super compelling and his conviction is hard to ignore but i want to hear where you stand on this debate send me a tweet at jay mckinvan and we'll discuss all links to everything else discussed in this episode will be in the show notes as always and if you want to join me and others in the friendliest bootstrapper community try out ramen club and i'll see you next week or in the community.